you know, it was a day in which the Arizona Cardinals shut the 12th man up in Seattle. And on that night, the Phoenix Suns win 12 in a row, Matthew. It's a beautiful day for 12s here. Beautiful day for 12s if you're an Arizona sports fan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's disappointing to go into Kansas City, go in there, just lay an egg like that against a team that, you know, is on the comeback and Patrick Mahomes is himself again, and you can't even outscore the Chiefs. I <sighs> Terrible day for the Cowboys. Yeah, but the Cardinals, oh, yeah. <laughs> the best team in the NFL now with a 9-2 and record, shut up the 12th man in Seattle, which is always just a, a special feeling. It's something that the Cardinals have done a lot of recently is going up to Seattle and just shutting them up. And then you finish watching that game. You're feeling happy. You know, you throw a steak yeah. on the grill. You have some asparagus and potatoes. And you sit and you, 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 you kick back and you watch the Suns just absolutely demolish demolish the Denver Nuggets. Now, granted, no Jokic, no MPJ, no Jamal Murray. So they did what they were supposed to do tonight. They kicked the living shit out of them. Yeah, Dak Prescott could not get it going. And, <laughs> but the best part of the night is, and I honestly, John, I miss your uh, asparagus. I miss your steaks. I miss your cooking. You know, when you say food. stuff like that, it makes me a little jealous over here. And um, But no, the Suns get their 12th win in a row, which is a franchise record. So we're starting this pot off great, right? With some Cowboys talk, a little bit of some and another franchise record. Yeah, <laughs> another franchise record of 12 wins in a row. For the no, Suns. 12 in a row ties the Phoenix Suns for fourth longest win streak ever. So, uh, you know, again, Matthew, we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. But, uh, you know, a, a great showing by the Phoenix Suns. Welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Whether you're watching along live on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or you're listening to the banner be on Spotify or Stitcher or Google Playlists or Apple Play, uh, Apple Pods, wherever you're consuming this content, we appreciate it. Uh, go Suns, baby. Go freaking Suns. 12 in a row after beating the Denver Nuggets. Uh, this is a reminder, you know, to do all the little housekeeping notes, if you will. One, I'm back at home, as you can see. You can see because of two reasons. One, I've got my gear up behind me. And two, my Wi-Fi is probably shitty. <laughs> yes. I'm lagging again, aren't I? What the? You know what? And I think Ashley's in the house, too. But I don't know she if that is. has anything to do with it. it she has how many does. phones? Like three phones going on, watching Three Netflix, phones. And Her two TV's boys. on right on the other side of this wall, yeah. which means that there's that's pulling Wi-Fi. I just need to upgrade my Wi-Fi. Just upgrade. That's what it comes down to. What do you to. spend, 15 bucks a month right now? Go it's up to what it feels. Hours. I have, like, the lowest thing that Cox offers. I'm like, dude, just fucking put something <laughs> in the house, please. And now I'm at the point where it's like, listen, I, I stream these things live, and I get better yeah. reception from a shitty hotel room in Palm Desert than I do in uh in my own the comforts of yeah. my own home. So well, I'm working uh, a second job just to get the Wi-Fi that I need, so I look crisp and clear. Yeah, so you you're in HD, my bro. My face. Yep, you're in HD. But again, if you're listening to this podcast, it doesn't matter because our voices are coming through clean and clear uh, because the Wi-Fi is at least good for that. So uh, a reminder to everyone who is watching: hit that thumbs up button down below. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. You rate and review if you're listening to this podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and we'll read it right here on the pod. Uh, Matthew, it's time to pop open a beer before we talk about this one. I know you've been to the store recently, so let's yes. share with the Jamsters. What are you popping open tonight? All right, so same as last time, uh, Deschutes yes. uh, IPA. Deschutes you know IPA. What? Not good selection from Target, but this is actually not bad. Pretty smooth stuff, so I'm excited Deschutes, Sunday night. Deschutes little, is really good beer. I've never had one. My first time. Well, my really? third time. I've had two beers two days ago. So 
yeah, it's funny. So I saw you and Sons Geek on the last podcast, and I mm-hmm. saw that you were you're popping open the Deschutes beer. I was like, oh, dude, Deschutes is it's uh, it's an Oregon based micro brew, so it, they have some really good selections. I've actually done in the past a couple uh, beer dinners with them, and uh, it's really quality stuff. Yeah. I'm just oh wow, okay. I just got a Coors Light, so I'm, mm. I'm sticking with the basic stuff. Uh, but Jamsters, wherever you are, we got to pop one on uh, open after this one. Twelve in a row for you, Sons, man. Twelve. Yes. So pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Oh, a little premature. There we go. Cheers. Let's talk about win number 12 for the Phoenix Suns. Well, it's actually win number 13. But Twelve in a row for the Phoenix Suns, and they do so in convincing fashion, beating the Denver Nuggets by a score of one twenty-six to ninety-seven. Matthew, I got to ask. And Matthew, I've got to ask, what do you want to talk about first tonight? Your call. Oh, well, you thank you. Me. But the the first note I have is um, superstars. The Suns are playing these teams without superstars. Luka Doncic twice in a row now. Jokic. I guess I'll ask you if you want. Is this annoying to you? Is this something that you want to see more of the superstars? Or does it matter this early in the season? Just get the wins. Worry about the superstars later in the season and warm up for the playoffs. Bingo. I think you hit it with the second part. And this is one of the things that I did have in my notes. And I'm glad that you asked this. Uh, I don't care that we're not playing the superstars right now. If this was right before the playoffs and we were going through the last 20 games and we were beating the crap out of teams that were resting people or not playing their stars, you know, kind of like the Orlando bubble was, I would, I'd be a little bit more worried for this team. Uh, I wouldn't be completely worried because obviously you're still winning games, right? Like you're still, the the opposition is coming out and they're still going to put forth the best effort possible based on the talent that they're fielding each night. But again, it's early in the season. It's all about stacking dubs right now. It's the same thing with the Golden State Warriors. You know, they're playing a bunch of teams that are either down players or not quality uh, outside of the Brooklyn Nets a few nights ago. They're playing a bunch of teams that just aren't necessarily good teams, if you will, but they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, Joshua Josh 77 says in the chat, he says 12 wins in a row is 12 wins in a row. And that's, I completely, completely agree with that. So I think that early on in the season, yeah, this is okay. As the season progresses, I would like at the back end of the season, as you prepare for the playoffs, as you prepare for those intense games with the heavily weighted minutes where every possession matters, you want to go against the toughest talent and competition possible to sharpen the the knife, if you will, to take your razor's edge and just make it as sharp as possible as you attempt to cut through the playoffs. But again, this is what, game 15 of the season? Yeah, I'm good. 16, 15, 16, math, 16. We're 13 and three, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and three. Yeah. What are we? Mm-hmm. No, 13-3. 12 wins in a row. We only had one before, yeah. There you go. So 16th game of the season. I'm okay with us beating a Donchus-less Mavs team twice. I'm okay with us beating a Denver team without any of their stars. And I, I'm okay in doing so in the fashion that we did as well. You know, I don't think it would take away anything necessarily, necessarily if the Suns won this game by a score of 115-112. to 112. But the fact that they win it by 29 points, yeah, that just kind of... Uh, just drives home the point that, yeah, this Phoenix Suns team's really good. 
Yeah, and they're doing it without Frank Kaminsky, too. I mean, we don't talk about the guy that was double teamed every minute when he's on the court. So they, if they can do it without him, they can win a lot of games. Of course, I'm kind of kidding, but the way they handled the Mavericks, I love how um, the the two games against the Mavericks, how they ended it, just how they can come in and, you know, just kind of put up a stinker in the first three quarters and then just, you know, the clutch play by all all players on the court to end the game was really fun to watch. And then a game like this where they just come out and put up 70 points in the first first half, um, it's they can mix it up, right? They can play with the high energy in the first half, blow a team out, and then keep that lead. That's something that's fun to watch because you know even with Jokic out, a team can come back. The Suns can lose that aggressiveness, and they can lose the defensive intensity and just kind of mail it in for the game and maybe make it a close game. But they're starting to learn in these games where they're blowing teams out. They'll they'll let them get back maybe to a a single digit lead or um. Yeah, they can go down to a single digit lead and then they can just blossom it right back up to a 22 point lead just like that. That's the way this team is. They mix it up. They can just beat you any way they want. Yeah. And again, you know, you you mentioned Frank Kaminsky and that is, you know, kind of the the sour note of the night, if you will, is the fact that uh, Frank Kaminsky has a knee stress reaction. Um, yeah. and, uh, Ted Lubin asked in the, in the chat, how bad is Frank's knee stress reaction? There's no timetable for return right now. And that's unfortunate, you know, and I, I get it. We're talking about a third string center on this team, but it's somebody who's been of vital importance early on this season, especially on games in which Deandre Ayton didn't have the capacity to play. And it just sucks. It's, it's unfortunate that he is having this knee stress reaction and that we don't know when he's going to be back, uh, especially considering just how how crucial it's been. I mean, how'd you feel when you felt when you heard that news, man? No, it sucks because he was getting what he wanted on the court, getting the minutes he wanted uh, when D.A. was out. Now we see it tonight when D.A. is in foul trouble. You have to bring in JaVale McGee. And then when it's um, I guess when it's you know, just the, the nasty minutes at the end of the game where you're just, you're, you're killing the team and you have to put in Jalen Smith. It's, it's kind of sucks because those are like Frank minutes, right? Those are Frank minutes and mm-hmm. Frank minutes were sporadic throughout the game, even with DA back. And it, it's terrible because the guy finally found himself. And it's probably the saddest story so far, of course, for the Suns is losing a guy like Frank. Of course, in the past, if, when we first got him, like, yeah, who, who really cares, right? What has he really proven on the court? But he's proven himself. And for him, that's a big blow because these players, when they finally find something, kind of like a campaign, when they finally find something with the Suns and they find those minutes and they're really, really, uh, they're, they're living up to their minutes. And mm-hmm. then they just, they lose them just like that. You never know if he's going to come back anytime soon or even before the playoffs who knows with the knee it's just really up in the air and it's 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 a tragic thing it really is i feel bad for the dude yeah i do too he was just he was so locked in he was so focused and he's been such a great part of this team thus far and again this is where you know the rest of the team needs to uh step up and assist in his absence and again it's it's a third string center but you know, he, he's kind of a heartbeat of the team. Uh, I definitely see a lot of the Jamsters who are watching along live on YouTube asking the question, what the fuck is a knee stress reaction? If you Google it, it says, you know, if you look at what does a knee stress reaction feel like, it's stre- a stress fracture typically feels like an aching or burning localized pain somewhere along a bone. Uh, usually hurts when you press on it, and the pain will get progressively worse as you run on it, eventually hurting it while walking or even putting weight on it at all. So, again, I'm not doctor. I'm not Dr. Darth Voida here. Uh, but I definitely know that yeah, anytime you have anything to do with knees or ankles, anything leg related, especially in the NBA, 
given the size of these individual uh, these individual players and the athleticism they have to display on a nightly basis like you got to rest that shit and it's going to be uh, a long time but i also think that's going to be interesting to see how the suns navigate uh free agency the buyout market everything trades everything because you know kind of that first date is december 15th right that's the date when guys who were signed to new teams this offseason become eligible for trading and things of that nature. I wonder if in an effort to fill the hole and the void that Frank Kaminsky is going to leave, if James Jones is going to gamble and try to maybe move sticks or if it's like, Hey sticks, this is your time, bud. Like, let's go. Yeah. I mean, he has to step up now and you saw him tonight for like the last five minutes. Doesn't look too good. I mean, his confidence does seem shot uh, a guy like Frank Kaminsky who does get injured at 28 years old. I mean, not super old, you know, but a lot of minutes he's been playing for the Suns, and he's probably never played this intense in his career. So that's probably had yeah. something to do with it too. His body's just not really used to the minutes and how much pressure they've put on him to really perform on the on the court. Uh, it would be nice if Sticks can fill that role, but right now he does look lost. If he's going to get any minutes, I think it's just going to be just in case of emergency, right? Just break glass and then pull him out there to fill any kind of role if there's a kind of foul trouble with McGee or DeAndre Ayton. So yep. I, I don't know, man. I just, I wish Kaminsky didn't get hurt. And it sucks, dude. I'm, I'm really bummed. Yeah. And again, I mean, the only other time he's going to get minutes is like tonight when he, he plays when the Phoenix Suns are just kicking the living shit out of the opposition and mm. he's going to have an opportunity to play. Although, you know, he seemed aggressive tonight, uh, trying to grab some boards and be, you know, he, he snatched one away from campaign. He's like, no, that's mine. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe Sticks is going to try to get a little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. but you know again uh talking about some of the negative stuff obviously there's a ton of positive things that uh occur tonight including one of your favorites matthew lights cameron action lights cameron action baby how about your boy cameron johnson putting up a career high in this game uh coming off the bench i think he single-handedly outscored the denver nuggets bench uh, ended with 22 points tonight, Matthew. Uh, how vindicated are you as he shot nine for 15 from the field? No one in the game shot more than he did. Both he and Will Barton tied for 15 field goal attempts. <laughs> how about your boy, Cam Johnson? Uh, he was on a roll. He was all serious business. But for me, it's like um, prom night. So it was a very special night for me for Cam to have a game like this finally. I mean, he's put up some good stats, some two for three shooting from three uh, games like that. But this was just up and down the court all night long. And it was serious when you realize when DeAndre Ayton at the end of the game is laughing and giving a slap on the butt, maybe a couple slaps on the butt. And <laughs> Cam Johnson... Slap. Yeah, Cam Johnson's just focused. He's like, you know what? This is this is all business for me. I got to make sure I make worth of all these minutes that I'm getting. And if Kaminsky's going to be hurt, maybe he'll get more minutes because of that. So he has to play a bigger role maybe at the stretch four. So he has to fill those minutes like he did tonight efficiently. Of course, it's not going to be every night. But just his hustle, eight points in the first quarter. He came in with like mm. three something left in the game. Got eight points, got the spark that he needed to finish the game. And usually players like Cam Johnson, when they come in and they're they're hot at first, they might, you know, sizzle out towards the end. But he just kept it up. He never stopped moving all night, cutting to the rim a few times in the fourth quarter to really just seal the deal against the Nuggets. So it was just an all-out effort. This is thing, These are the things that I know that he has in him. And it's just a matter of time before it comes out. He's just efficient like this 
night in and night out, maybe not every night, but just, you know what I mean, where he's just that bench role player that we need and he might turn into something else. But this is just a perfect night from him, man. I'm very, very happy for my boy, Cam Johnson. Yeah, yeah I mean, he just, he, he, he shined tonight. You know, it's lights, camera, mm-hmm. action, and he truly shined tonight. And I think what was great about his performance tonight was the different ways that he did it. Right. I mean, you know, you you look at how he played for the entire game. And as I mentioned, he had the 22 points on a seven of 15 shooting. Um, But typically you'd be like, okay, you know, he shot nothing but threes. Well, he went four for 10 from three, uh, but he was cutting. He was uh, creating turnovers. He was leading the fast break. Uh, the, The 22nd point, the one that put him over his previous career high was a fast break dunk. And you were seeing his athleticism and versatility on display tonight. And when he had the capacity to do so and and to execute, he did tonight. And that's what you want to see. And that's what I know, obviously, Matthew's excited for his growth. The whole franchise and fan base is excited for games like tonight because you can see the flashes that he has and what he potentially could be as a potential starter for this team. You know, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Now, obviously, he's going to have to you know, take the place of Jay Crowder, who had a a very impressive game tonight. Uh, He ended with 15 points. He had the Suns like first six or eight or something. I mean, he just came out. He set the tone uh, five freight from the field, two for four from deep and had four rebounds as well. Uh, But 15 points for Jay Crowder. And that's who eventually Cam Johnson, you know, in theory, if the Suns do extend Cam and make him a part of this team moving forward, that's who whose minutes Cam is going to replace one day. Obviously not this season, uh, but Jay Crowder is kind of the guy he's going to do. And, and you saw flashes tonight of him having the capacity to do so. Yeah, Jay, when he starts a game the way he did tonight, I feel like the Suns win every game. Like if he starts out on fire, it just picks up the team. It's kind of well, like the, when McGee comes the in Suns, and just the Suns hey. win every game right now. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. But it reminds me like of the playoffs. I was thinking I have to probably look it up. Just every time Jay would start the game, just super hot. They would just they would finish the game strong and just end up winning those games. But um, Jay, the only thing is like I feel like he he's been working so much on his mid range, but he's been he's been airballing some threes lately. Yeah, like, a lot. So I'm like, is it his mid range game that you know he's trying to mix the two and he's just having a hard time because before he just jacked three, now he has a mid range and I think it's kind of messing things up on his three to where he's been. I think this is like this tenth airball this game, and I'm not. I mean this season, but I'm not trying to be negative about. It. I'm just saying it's funny because he's like, oh, the ball was tipped. I'm like, no, you've been airballing, <laughs> yeah. and you've been jacking up shots that I've missing everything. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's trying to get different areas of the court uh, uh, covered with his game, and you can see that you know maybe he's just a little bit off, you know, which is okay, yeah. but it's still because uh, some of the shots that he made too, a mid range shot, a runner off the glass. I mean, some of the things that Jay Crowder were doing tonight, I was just like, you know what, this team is becoming so much more than what they were uh, last season, even early on this season. You're you're really starting to see them uh, just just execute in so many different ways. They're adding so many different wrinkles to the way that they can uh, execute. I mean, I saw for the majority of the third quarter with the starters out there, Devin Booker was bringing up the the ball almost exclusively. And, and Chris Paul just kind of hung out in the corner. And I was like, hey, you know, this is something new that I like. You know, it, it, it allows Chris Paul to take a couple plays off and not have to be the constant uh, playmaker. Because you look at how this team is playing thus far and how uh, Monty Williams is trying to allocate minutes. You know, if you look at tonight and, and the total minutes for like 
Devin Booker and uh, Chris Paul. So those are the two big ones. You know, Chris Paul only played 24 minutes tonight. Devin Booker only played 27. Devin Booker's thus far this season is averaging what, like 32 points uh, or 32 minutes a night. That's the lowest in his career since he was a rookie. You know, Chris Paul's averaging uh, 32 minutes a night as well. Uh, which again, it's it's a little bit more than last year, but still, like they're not as stressful minutes because they're they're he's not his usage rates, and I don't have the usage rate numbers in front of me, but he's not constantly having to be uh, to to run the offense. He's he, they're allowing Devin Booker, they're allowing like I mentioned uh, a couple pods ago, Landry Shamit was running the offense for a little bit. Like they're taking the ball out of his hands and allow him to take a few plays off in an effort to kind of save him for those big moments moments if and when they're needed like they were against Dallas, obviously not tonight against Denver. Yeah, he knows how to spare the energy. Um, even when he's on the court, he's kind of like Ghost of Christmas Past, or I don't know. Someone he's like guiding these guys to see their own faults into like the into the future. And you know, no, you should go this way. You should be this player to be more of a. Uh, I don't know where I'm going. With this one. Oh, like, let's just rewind. So <laughs> <laughs> I had something there, but I just lost it. It was uh, a but no, IPA. He- <laughs> Uh, the way he is on the court and just, you know, sparing the energy that he can and letting these guys take over the offense. It's like you said, Devin Booker, but then sometimes it's Landry Shamit. Sometimes it's Cameron Payne. Like he'll watch these guys and just make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be on the court every night. And even with the back-to-back tomorrow, he's still going to want to play tonight. I'm sure he had the option maybe just to sit out, but he wants to be there. And I think the energy he gives them, even if he's not, you know, holding the ball every time down the court and he's not having the usage percentage that he usually does, then he's just, he, he'll just give that energy and give that momentum to the team. And even when the close games, like the ones against the Mavericks, like he just comes in towards the end in the fourth quarter to really just, you know, use his energy to where he can get those extra steals and like set up his teammates, leading the leagues and leading the league and assists. So he knows what he's doing now and just it seems effortless. It seems like he doesn't even break a sweat on the court because he just he's a magnificent player to watch right now. I don't know if he was this good last year. I feel like he's even better this year and playing with his team right now. Well, he knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. And it's like having a coach on the court, you know, kind of as you mentioned. It's like, listen, I'm going to let Devin Booker or Landry Shamit or someone else run the offense while I'm on the court. And then when we go to that huddle, I can critique him and I can, you know, in a positive manner, I can sit there and say, hey, you know, try running this rub this way. Or if you see the, you know, the horn offense coming at you, you know, this is how you want to navigate it. And I think that that's such a valuable thing to have when you have an extension of Monty Williams on the court. You know, it's like the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady thing is the the argument was always, okay, well, who's better Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Like last year, but Tom Brady goes and wins the Super Bowl, And like this year, Belichick's taking Mac Jones and molded him into a Patriots team. That's going to be in the fucking playoffs again, uh, much to the majority of everybody's chagrin. But at the same time, like it's because you had the extension of a coach on the field, it's the same thing with Monty Williams and Chris Paul is you have an extension of Monty Williams on the court in Chris Paul, who in real time is coaching these players and assisting them to get better, allowing them to increase their confidence. And the team overall holistically is playing better because of it, you know, and it, it brings up this question I have for you. And this is kind of a, uh, you know, you can think on this one for a couple minutes because um, it is a, a, a tough one, but they're mentioned a little bit on the broadcast tonight when it comes to Chris Paul, where does he fall on your league MVP award list early on this season? 
Do you want me to wait two minutes? No, I mean, no, I, if you have an answer, go for it. I'm just saying, uh, like, if you need a couple minutes, take a, ch- a sip of your beer and I'll I'll go. But let me know what no, you think. You know, it, right now it's so hard. I mean, a lot of people are going to say Steph Curry, but then he also didn't start out too hot. The team is playing fantastic, but mm-hmm. the win totals, of course, are more than what the Suns have. But the way Chris Paul is playing with this team, leading league assists and steals, that is just crazy. Steals, like, that puts him up there in the top three for sure. If I had to, like, rank the top three... I have no idea because I don't even know any of these teams. I mean, John Morant was one of my favorites going into this year. The mm-hmm. way Jokic has been playing, he's MVP caliber. He hasn't played every game this year either. Mm-hmm. So you have Chris Paul, 36, so freaking old. But he is playing every game with this team. New members of the team. He's playing very, very well with the bench. The The way I, I love the way he plays with the bench right now. And he can play with the starters just as well. And he can let them play, like we said earlier, by themselves. So that's an MVP, of course. Last year, I was very, very high on him being MVP. But Jokic, of course, stole it away. Just mm-hmm. right now, he's top three for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. He's top three. Uh, I think it's Steph Curry. He's averaging 29.5 points. Uh, you know, his shooting is ridiculous, 41.9% from deep. And that team has the most wins in the league right now. And again, this is always that fun debate because it's like, well, what does MVP mean to you? Does it mean the best person, the the best player in the league or the person who's most valuable to their team? Uh, Obviously, they're doing a lot of that stuff with a lot of young players and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala coming off the bench. Uh, I think Kevin Durant's up there because he is just a cold-blooded assassin as per usual. Uh, 28.6 points. I mean, he's having to carry a team that is without Kyrie Irving and uh, James Harden, who all of a sudden because he doesn't get the tic-tac fouls anymore, doesn't know how to score the same way that he used to. I mean, this is a guy who used to average, uh, you know, 35 points a game, and he, I think he's averaging like 20, you know? So that was kind of the conversation in the offseason. It's like, well, who is is the new NBA, the new allow, you know, where, where defenders are allowed to be physical once again? Who's going to hurt the most? And everybody's like, James Harden and Trey Young. And guess what? So far, especially with James Harden, that's true. Uh, but to your point, I mean, Chris Paul is on a team that has 12 wins in a row. And obviously, this is way early to even have this discussion. But he's on a team that's won 12 games in a row. As you mentioned, he's leading the league in assists. Uh, 10.7 assists is what he currently averages. Tonight, he added another 10. So he's right on average. And he also leads the league in steals. I mean, so not only is he the premier guy setting up his team for success, but he's also the premier defender on taking the ball away from the opposition to lead his team in offensive success. So that's definitely top three stuff right there, man. Yeah. And also he has the bigger booty out of everyone. You just named that's having a hard transition with Mm -hmm. the new foul calls and the, I mean, with the non foul calls, the way defense is being played right now. So having that, butt to back up him and Chris uh, (laughs) are Jay Crowder, boss man booty like they have <laughs> what you need to get through this little kind of transition right now in the nba yeah he's and we talked about this before the phoenix suns are set up to have this type of success in this nba in this new nba i just hope it continues because i feel like you know you always get through the first i don't know quarter of a season after a rule change and then the rule change just kind of goes away if you recall in the nfl i think it was last year maybe it's two years ago it's probably last year if you remember three, two or three years ago in the playoffs, there was the infamous call in New Orleans on the pass interference, no call. So the next season, they're like, well, you can review pass interference. And they did it for the first like three weeks. And they're like, oh, this is dumb. Uh, mm-hmm. So they just kind of phased it out. And I just hope that they allow them to continue to play as physical as they have. I definitely think that we've 
um, talked about that at nauseum, uh, continuing on this podcast. But again, I think we all love this new NBA because it's a little bit more fair, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so slow starts for the Suns. You know, the last few games, there's it's it's been an offensive struggle for Phoenix and their opposition. You know, kudos to the Suns for when they are having a rough time on the offense, they have the defensive capacity to shut down the opposition. So the game is close. And then in the fourth quarter, they just kind of take off. That didn't happen tonight. My friend, the Phoenix suns, 48 points in the first quarter, they shot uh, 17 of 22 from the field. That's 77.3%. They were seven of eight from three. It was the most by any team in the NBA thus far this season in a quarter. It's the second most first quarter points that the Suns have ever had. The last time they did it was against the Denver Nuggets in 1990, and they ended with 73 first half points. Matthew, tell me about that first quarter, man. I mean, it was everybody, right? Jay Crowder, you even had DeAndre Ayton fishing off, and then Cameron Johnson coming in to finish off, you know, just that epic first quarter. I just I think that when you come off those two Mavericks games where I said after both post games, I was basically like, well, it's just, they're probably going to figure it out. With Luka out, they're going to come into the game. They kind of have some sort of game plan, but they'll figure it out, right? Jokic isn't in this game, and they know how much better they are than the Nuggets. I mean, sweeping them last year, and they know that they can handle business. I think they knew like there's a early kind of Sunday dinner tonight they wanted to get to and get this one over with. But the way they were shooting lights out, it's just another way they can beat you. And But the most impressive thing, other than just the start, is just how they did finish and how they just kept it up. And we see that many times. And I don't ever I don't ever get onto a team lead, like getting up, giving up a lead like mm-hmm. they did kind of tonight. But the way that they started and they knew they can finish in the same kind of way with DeAndre and with Cam Johnson, you see that more and more every game now to where they're mm-hmm. finishing the games the way they started it. Before last year, I don't think they really ever did that. I think they just figured out, all right, this guy's going to help us. Uh, Booker's going to end the game. Chris Paul's going to end the game for us. But now it's just like, no, let's go back to what got us here in the first place. Yes, let's have that consistent offense. And you got to feel bad for campaign in this in the first quarter because if you look at kind of the box score, Mikhail Bridges, one of three from the field. Jay Crowder, three of three. DeAndre Ayton, four of five. Devin Booker, three of four. Chris Paul, one of one. JaVale McGee, two of two. Cameron Johnson, three of three. Campaign 0 for 1. He's the only what guy. And even Landry Shamit. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> even kidding. Landry Shamit had two points on two made free throw attempts. He was the only guy who played for the Phoenix Suns in that period who did not score a point. It was 11 mm-hmm. by Crowder, 9 by DA and Booker. Uh, you had 8 from Cam Johnson, as you mentioned, coming off the bench. You had 4 from JaVale McGee, 3 from McHale, 2 from Paul, and 2 from Landry Shamit. And poor Campaign. What a... I'm a loser, but mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Uh, uh, well, just really quick on campaign. Go, go for um, it. The, the shouting, the yelling. What do you think of that? I didn't ask you. I mean, he's before he's done that, but he does it every game now, Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn in the background. Shout out to Brooklyn. You heard that. Baby huh? Doll, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking that the shouting is cool, but I asked Suns Geek last time, like, is it just kind of, is it, is it real? Like, I don't know. I feel weird about it. It's, I don't, it's I being... real for campaign, in my opinion. Is okay. it annoying? Uh, kind of. <sighs> it's definitely annoying for the opposition. Okay. Yeah. So we played a perfect mirror image of campaign tonight, and that's fuck you, Compazzo. Okay. He's just, he's a guy who over hustles, who really, <laughs> really uh, frustrates 
the the team he's playing against and we yeah. composite does that all the time and he definitely you know he started off doing that and cp3 in his infinite wisdom utilized his aggressiveness against him and got him in foul trouble and i thought that was a very smart thing that uh Faku composite uh or that cp3 did to Faku composite tonight was like listen if you're gonna be aggressive dude like i'm gonna get you in foul trouble get you out of here because you're just annoying the shit out of me campaign <laughs> does the same shit Look at the Aaron Gordon play. Aaron Gordon got ejected from this game tonight because he got a double technical foul because he got called for an offensive foul when he was starting to drive right on campaign. Campaign was kind of in was in position, but not really in position. And uh, he got mm -hmm. pushed back, and he did so in kind of a dramatic fashion. Uh, the foul was called. Campaign starts yelling like he does. You know, he's he's an emotional guy, so I'm okay with that. Uh, and then, you know, Aaron Gordon was just, come on. He's like, come on, this is some bullshit. And he got teed up for that, and then he kind of kept it up, and he got teed up again. So that's the difference right there between maturity and allowing some guy, because every team has their version of this, okay? The Minnesota Timberwolves, mm -hmm. they have the extreme version. They call that Pat Bev, right? But every team has the one guy who comes in off the bench and is just he he's he's an asshole to the opposition. Campaigns our version of that. We love campaign for what we do. As Hey Zero says in the chat, he's like, we need that energy from campaign. I completely agree with that. Every team needs that energy guy coming in. Uh, does it does it get annoying to me that he screams and yells all the time? Not really, because he's my guy who's doing that. If yeah. it's the opposition guy, if it's Facu Campazo doing that, it annoys the crap out of me. Everybody should have that guy on their team. And you saw why tonight. Well, where Chris Paul utilized his aggressiveness against him and got him in foul trouble, Aaron Gordon didn't, and he let his emotion get the better of him. And when he was having a really good game, 16 of 10 or 16 points, 10 rebounds, he gets ejected from the game uh, due to technical fouls. Yeah. And um, I, I was saying that before, where I was just like, if you're the opposing fan, you're going to be annoyed by it. I well, don't big mind time. it. I don't mind it. It's just, you see it a lot now. And I, maybe it's just something before pregame is like, I'm just going to show my emotion out there. I don't care. Like it's what gets me going. Uh, he's kind of been hit or miss lately, but you know, I'll take that. It's just opposing fans. probably just get <laughs> annoyed, but who cares? Oh no, guaranteed. Guaranteed yeah. opposing fans do, but it's the same reason we get, uh, you know, we're annoyed with opposing players as well. You know, we yeah. all have to have our different guys that do it. And, you know, and again, uh, uh, who just said it? Somebody said, and I pulled it up, and then I brought it back down. Uh, Chaos Zero says, campaign backs that yelling up with his game, too. Yeah, I mean, he is an aggressive player, and when he gets on a hot streak, we know what he can be like. And he gets the crowd going. I mean, that's the most important thing, is when you're in that arena and you got campaign in there, I mean, you've been a part of it. You've seen it. You've felt mm -hmm. it. It's it's electric, what he does, and how he gets the the fan base involved with his uh, passion for the play. But yes, the the Nuggets probably absolutely hated that from him tonight. Yes. <laughs> uh, Devin Booker, another solid night. I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, you know, you kind of look at his final box score tonight. Only 17 points and seven assists, 12, or I'm sorry, seven for 12 from the field. Uh, but again, he was doing it when I feel, felt like the Suns needed him to do it. It's the same thing with Chris Paul. You know, uh, offensively, he only had nine points. He had the 10 assists. But he was the one who, when the Phoenix Suns, you know, let the the lead drop all the way down to, to nine, you know, he's the one who came out and started that 5-0 run 
to to kind of push them right back. It's like once they got a little bit close, you have both Devin Booker, you have Chris Paul. They both just have that maturity to just say, hey, we're not going to let you back in this game, my friends. Yeah, and only the 28 minutes. So, I mean, the 12 shot attempts, it's it's good. Um, I know he's always going to have like 20 plus usually every game, but the minutes that 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 means more to me than the actual field goal attempts because you know if he's only getting like 28 minutes per game, then the Suns are playing very, very well as a team and they're winning. So that's a good thing. I honestly think that the attempts are going to be there for Booker, whether or not he makes them. I think he's going to be more efficient as the season goes along. Um, but just right now, I just feel like there was there was something said about um, I think it was yeah the the Hawks team where there's just too many people there's too many players right now that need their hands in the pot and it's almost like the Suns are kind of getting to that point where these guys on offense they need the attempts and I don't think it's going to be an issue but these guys they need the attempts Cam Johnson um, you know Mikael Bridges all starting five they they can all handle themselves on the court mm-hmm. offensively. Yeah. But at the same time, like you have mature players who know when to step back and let those guys cook. I mean, that's why Cameron Johnson yeah. had such a great game tonight is because other guys, I mean, Dan Booker only had 12 shot attempts, mm-hmm. you know, normally he's putting up at least 20. So he's, he, he'll take a step back and let somebody else carry him to a victory tonight. Because again, this team knows that that's what you have to do in an effort to get this team to the playoffs is Dan Booker's carried this team for, and this franchise for a long time. And you know what? I'm sure he's very happy to only take 12 shot attempts and win by 29 points, you know? So you're right. A lot of guys need shot attempts on this team, but because they are a team, they will get those shot attempts. Uh, Another guy who had a fantastic night, as Coda Kid says in the chat, JaVale McGee, man. I mean, JaVale was fantastic tonight. Uh, Ended his, or I'm sorry, his ending line. He had 10 points, uh, three rebounds, but I mean, the way that he scored his five of six from the field were just great. I mean, he had runners. Uh, there was one play, you know, he's somebody who does really good against the zone. I feel, I think that due to his size and his, mm-hmm. his, his, you know, wingspan, if you will, like they threw a zone at us a couple times. They just went right to JaVale McGee and he figured it out both times. And I wish I could look up advanced stats on JaVale McGee uh, relative to his performance against the zone. Cause he just, uh, he looked great. Yeah, he attacks a lot, and I don't know if I've ever noticed playing against against Chevelle for the like ten, last ten years of him just being this this great every game. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't really had an off game. We always we expected it going into the season. Like he'll have an off night. Of course, he has a goofy play here or there, which is fun. And I, I, I honestly, I cheer that there's more of those coming in the in the near future. And I think that he he's a guy that before when we would play against him, I never noticed him as much. Like maybe a couple minutes, like, dang, like this guy's gonna be a problem. And then he would just go away. Now with the Suns, it seems like he's just a guy that is there. And whenever he comes in, the energy's there. And then whenever he's in there in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, the energy still stays the same. And like his angles on blocks are great. Like you said, playing against his zone, he just he he charges at him. He does whatever he wants on offense. And he has, I think he he has free reign. I think they let him do what he wants. And you look at like last year when he played with Denver. I mean, granted, it was only like 13 games, but he averaged 5.5 points. And with Mm -hmm. Cleveland last year, he was averaging eight points. And with the Lakers the previous year, he averaged 6.6 points. He's averaging 10.1 points and 6.9 rebounds uh, in 16.5 minutes thus far this year. So if you take that and you put that in kind of per 36 numbers, that's 22 and 15 that he's averaging. I yeah. mean, he's a highly productive player uh, in multiple mm-hmm. facets. That's just the offensive 
uh, scoring and rebounding numbers. It's also the energy he brings. It's also the defensive prowess he brings. And as I mentioned, it's his ability to navigate the zone. So the defense like, well, we thought we tried that for a couple of possessions. That didn't work, you know? So uh, it's really been a revelation on how he's performed continually this season. It's like you said, we thought there'd be some duds in there. And I've yet to see any real JaVale McGee duds. I've seen, like you said, a couple boneheaded plays here and there. But even those are kind of cute. You know, you're like, oh, JaVale. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you done fucked up on that play. That was kind of cute, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, Ted Lubin says in the chat, he says, Aiden McGee, the best one-two center punch in the league. That might not be wrong, man. That's that. That's I'd really that's have not... to spend some time and go through the different one-two punches uh, from a starting five perspective. And figure out somebody who's better. I mean, is there anybody you can think of right off the bat? No, I mean, we have the best one-two centers and the best one-two-three, I think, point guards right now, right? I just, off the top of my head, no one else is better right now, especially the way they play so well I, with each other. I mean, not they don't play on the court at the same time, but like they just, the competition between Aiton and McGee, you know, like they want to be better than each other, right? Mm-hmm. When they're on the court. Of course. And you love that because it's friendly and they they just all love each other, it seems like. Well, that brings us that brings us right into watch. I mean, yes, DeAndre Ayton, he just loves everybody, and everybody loves everybody. It's all pure don't, love. Don't we all love everybody? Uh, but DeAndre Ayton tonight, twenty-one points, uh, ended with only six rebounds, but nine for eleven from the field, and he too was doing it in a plethora of different ways. You knew with Nikola Jokic out of this game. And the depth, not what it used to be in Denver, because guess what? They don't have JaVale McGee behind uh, Nikola Jokic anymore like they did at the back end of last season. You knew that the opportunity was going to exist for the Phoenix Suns center position to cook. And cook they did, you know, 21 points from D.A., Uh, He looked absolutely fantastic in this game. You know, looking at my notes, he had seven of the Suns' first seven, or I'm sorry, he had nine of the first uh, 17 points for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, He had that turnaround shot working from all areas of the court. Tell me what you saw on that turnaround, man, because that thing was crisp tonight, man. No, the turnaround was great, but the best part was where he drew the foul in the turnaround, the fadeaway, right? Mm -hmm. When he had the and one chance. And he he fell on the floor, got the feet knocked out underneath him. And that's something that, you know, you never think you would see with a guy like that. So the turnaround's great. Uh, adding that to where he can get fouled on the jump shot would be even better. Um, but I don't think he should focus on that too much. I mean, he can get no. a shot up pretty much over everybody. Um, but his, his defense was good. Everything was just hitting on all cylinders. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that I did notice though from him tonight, you know, slapping the seat, getting the foul called, he's going into some kind of like old Booker mode where he's very, very emotional after like a lot of calls. So yes. I don't know if that's something that might affect him in the future, but he needs to relax because you can see the teammates on the on the on the bench just like give him a slap on the head, you know, and just you know, it's all right. You're you're gonna be okay. Just focus your energy on the game. You're gonna have your forty point night. Oh, of course he did it again tonight, even though he had eighteen points in the first half. I know. And right? if he focuses that energy on something positive, because this team just as a whole is just so good right now, to where you don't need to be upset. I know it sucks to get the fouls called, but everyone was getting fouled tonight. It's just one of those games. Mm-hmm. So just focus on your game. You're efficient everywhere down on the block. Just focus on that, dude, and don't let it bother you like it used to book. And book's gotten over that, so maybe book and pull him aside and tell him, like, hey, I wasted so much energy where I could have gotten many 40-point games if I would have just, you know, put my head, put my mind to it, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's a good observation because, you know, it's it was right around year four book, right? Because we're in year four of Aiton. About year yeah. four book is when he realized offensively that he was a really good player and he was an above average offensive player in this league. And then he started, you know, looking for calls. And it got to the point where there'd be games where Devin Booker would be out of, or he'd be in his own head and uh, bitching at the refs after every play because he was fishing for calls. And you do see that a little bit with DA right now. I think he's gotten to the point where he knows that he is an elite scorer offensively for a center. Now, does that mean he's going to go out and score 28 points a night? No, because that's not what he this team needs of him. Could he on a shitty team? I bet you he could. Okay, if he was in Minnesota instead of Carl Anthony Towns, I bet you he'd be putting up 28 points a night because that's all they would do is feed it through him. But he knows that he has the the athletic ability and the uh, uh, the fashion to beat you in a lot of different ways around the rim. So when he does that and something feels a little off, he's instantly looking at the ref and throwing the hands up. And I I, I remember Devin Booker used to do it and he used to drive me crazy. And you're right. Dem, uh, DeAndre Ayton does do it uh, more than I would like to see. Because anytime you're looking to the ref and your hands are up, you're not focused on the play and you're not getting back on defense. Uh, obviously, we're picking apart one little aspect of his game yeah. because he yeah. had a really he had a fantastic game. I mean, he scored his 3,000th career point uh, in this game. Uh, I also thought it was a good challenge by Monty to avoid DA from getting that fourth foul. Uh, it was because again he was he started to cook. He came right back out. He scored in the pretty early on in that third quarter. And then, you know, you're like, oh, of course, he's going to go ahead and he's going to get his uh, fourth foul where he's going to sit because he's cooking. Because that's the typical DA. It's like whenever he's playing great, he'll get in his own way. Now, granted, he had the three points in the uh, in the third quarter. And then when it came to the fourth quarter, he had zero points, uh, but he only played three minutes because it was a it was a blowout. You know, mm -hmm. so, again, he did what he had to do to establish this team to help get that lead going uh, in that first quarter. And he's continuing to just gain confidence and look absolutely fantastic uh, doing it. So, I mean, I just D.A. was uh, just he's he's looked really good since he came back from his injury, man. Really, really good. Yeah. And really quick, I think Chris Paul tells his team since last year, like, hey, you want your 40 point game? You're not going to get it. All right. This team is an actual team. And if you start mm -hmm. out the game like DA is, and we all pray for those team or for those games where he gets 40 points, the all-star nod, we want that. But this is just something different. This is just about winning really for the team. And I'm all for that, dude. So it's just a little nitpick. It's just, it's fun to do, right? Once in a while. Well, I mean, that's what we do. We analyze the games and we go, hey, you know what? Uh, DA played awesome tonight. Hell, yeah. he might get my jam star of the night. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying anything yet, but... <laughs> But at the same time, like there's always we'll opportunities to get better, even in a 29 yeah. point fucking shellacking. Good Lord, man. What a great game. Just it was just a fun sports day. Uh, <laughs> I lost in like every fantasy capacity oh, not possible. Me. Not me. I wanted everything that I had to win. So. I have Dak Prescott as my quarterback, you know, <laughs> fucking, yeah, I'm telling fucking, you, man, I can't trust that guy. Dude, seriously, for real, though. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, relative to this game before we hand out some hardware and then prepare for the next game, which is tomorrow night? I'm good. The only thing is the QR codes on the TV. So if you're not lazy, get up and go ahead and scan those. Oh, yeah. What is those on the QR court. codes? There's, I don't know. They're just oh, you tickets, scan it? but you have to get up from your couch. No, you it can just, sit there. Just send me the QR code on my phone. Like, don't they have my number and they're watching me? Just they're send just it to me. trying something different. Okay. Right. They, they just... They just want to do something to say, hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's get some let's get the people off the couch. You know, maybe 
I don't know. I just I did think the QR codes were uh, a little funny. God, I felt like there's one other thing I wanted to talk about before I got into Jamstar. I'm so drawing a blank right now. So what I'm going to do mm. is I'm just going to like run a little ad or something while I think. The Suns Jam Session Podcast is brought to you by Just Sports. Enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout for any of your online orders and receive 15% off of your purchase. That's right. Let them know that the Suns Jam Session guy sent you. Again, that is promo code SUNSJAM when checking out at shopjustsports.com. Yeah, I lost it. Oh, I know what it is. Boom. Uh, Some people have been asking in the chat, and I saw some comments uh, on our last uh, podcast that you did with Suns Geek oh. about the the picture that's up behind you. Uh, for those of you who are oh, listening, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're watching, uh, that is a fantastic piece of artwork. Once again, by Craig A. Hamill on Twitter. That's the fellas. He has that. You can buy that on a shirt. You can buy that on a coffee mug, a shower curtain, anything. It's on his Redbubble page. So if you just simply uh, follow Craig A. Hamill on Twitter. Uh, there's a link in his bio to his Redbubble page. Matthew, how about you just duck out of the way so we can see the entire thing? Okay, just just go. So there you can see. It's Jay Crowder, DA, D-Book, the whole thing. That's the fella's artwork. So uh, welcome back, Matthew. Um, but yeah, as, as Metal Mike <laughs> says, it's sick artwork. So again, yeah. shout out to Craig A. Hamill, one of the best um, uh, yeah. artists when it comes to the Suns, and he's just he's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, thank you. And I actually... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mike, go ahead. Let's keep going. Oh, I just noticed I have like the nervous uh, Dirk Nowinski tick. Where he remember Dirk Nowinski's always pulls yes. jersey up. Oh my god, I do that on the pod. So if you watch the pod, you notice I have a little Dirk in me, I guess. So, anyway, <laughs> great artwork. Thanks a lot, Craig, for you the music. A, probably, I don't even know if you listen to the podcast, but thank you. You have a little Dirk in you, huh? <laughs> Jam star of the game. Breathe, breathe. All right, Jam Star of the Game. This is a reminder to everyone who's watching. Let us know who is the Jam Star of the Game in the chat. Uh, if you are listening to the pod tomorrow instead of tonight or today, just say it out loud. Uh, Math, let me know who is your Jam Star of the Game. Oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go with uh, this guy, Fabio Noizaki. Ish Wainwright. Can Ish we talk about him real quick? Yeah, the first two points were as a son, right? It's nice. Yeah, did you see him out there? That poor guy wanted the ball the entire time. Yeah, he was standing in the corner, wide open, just holding his hands up on every possession, and they finally got him the ball. <laughs> that poor guy. I I'm love like, oh, ish this. wide open. Yeah, I mean, how fun is that? Just uh, some guy that's always—he's already been a fan favorite, and he's always been a jam star recommendation. I feel like every game, if he gets in there for a minute, so he finally got a point. He's my jam star tonight. <laughs> okay there you go uh shout out to everyone in the chat long john silver 85 he gives it to cam ted lubin gives it to cam jam star johnson uh who else we got we got cam and deandre cam johnson cam cam jam cam um isaiah stewart <laughs> did you hear about did you see that yeah, I thought actually that's what you were going to bring up was the LeBron James Isaiah Stewart a little scuffle. Yeah, that was that, pretty cool. That was intense, man. That was it like was. Malice in the Palace 2.0. Did you see? Like, I, I'm such a LeBron hater. I know, a, I know. I, I want to hear it though. I what a cheap it. shot by LeBron. Like, yeah. he if you watch it, he looks at him and then he just fucking punches him in the face, busts the guy wide open. The guy just goes ape shit. I mean, he, he got ejected. LeBron did, and I'm glad he did because that's some cheap shit, man. Like, I don't care if you've shaved your head to look like Jordan. You don't go around punching people in the face like that. Head? It looks shaved to me. 
in the in the I highlight. I would think that too, and then it's not, but yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I mean, I, I just Isaiah Stewart. For those of you who don't know, Isaiah Stewart plays for the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons were hosting the Los Angeles Lakers tonight in about the third quarter, I believe it is. Uh, LeBron James was trying to box out a guy who he'd already been scuffling with earlier in the game, and he just he he kind of backhanded him right in the face, and he just cut the guy wide open, and the guy lost his shit. I mean, he got held back, held back. He's walking away, and then he went through like 20 more people. He almost got there. Like Russell Westbrook was ready to throw yeah. bows with him and whatnot. And then he went sprinting down the tunnel, and they were like warning the Lakers mm-hmm. that he could come out the other side of the tunnels, a la like Chris Paul with the Clippers back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just some some pretty uh, – it was some mayhem. And, it, again, it all started because LeBron's just cheap shot motherfuckers, man. I don't like that kind of uh, – <laughs> drives me crazy. Anyways, Cam Johnson yeah. – Pyramid Poppy from Coach Paul and Founder. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, it's unfortunate to see him on the the injured list. But I was like, hey, I don't have to talk about him tonight. So, uh, I think he Ryan. still got minutes tonight, didn't he? No, he, he somehow some <laughs> way he was out yeah. there like a Mon, Monty. There. Monty had him like after free throws. He was the guy who went out there with like the mop real quick. <laughs> he wanted him on the court so bad. He's like, listen, just get out there and get a couple reps that way. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, everyone is kind of saying uh, cheap shot for sure. So, okay, just I'm yeah, glad it's not just me. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it to Cam Johnson as well. I mean, okay. I definitely want to give it to DA, but Cam Johnson scored a, a career-high 22 points tonight. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he did it in so many different ways, and it was just really exciting to see him do it. It's not like he went out there and he hit like eight threes. You know, he hit, he hit four threes, four or five threes. He was cutting. He was fast-breaking. He was – uh, taking it to the rim, he was taking advantage of anything that he could. I just, I really thought it was a solid game for Cameron Johnson tonight. So, uh, next up, the Spurs tomorrow night, back to back a home, and then we fly to San Antonio to play the uh, the Spurs. Uh, it's like a six thirty start because why wouldn't it be when you play the Spurs? Like nothing's ever normal when you play the Spurs. So I guess it's a six thirty Arizona <laughs> start. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is really weird. The I guess the um I don't know the Cracker Barrel must like close early or something that night. I'm not <laughs> sure why. Why are they? Why is this so early? I, I mean, why I, is it the half hour? That's so. Yeah, weird. I, I have no idea. But that's just yeah. typical typical Spurs shit. Uh, mm-hmm. But as you look at the Spurs entering this game, they are currently four and eleven on the season, the thirteenth overall seed in the Western Conference. Uh, obviously, they're a team that um you know has a bunch of guys who. On you know they they have talent you know it's it's a Spurs team they they definitely have talent uh, I just think that they've had a rough go of it right now as they try to allow that talent to mesh uh, they're currently on a four game losing streak they lost on Thursday uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves by twenty five they lost to the Clippers before that the Lakers before that Dallas before that so you know they're definitely a team that's trying to find themselves uh, that doesn't mean that they're gonna you know just lay over for the phoenix suns in our quest for number 13 so uh, what are you looking for when you see the spurs is there anyone who excites you and uh what do you think is going to happen not a whole lot of excitement really the bottom of the west but um it's a team that you know they can really jack it up from two um but <laughs> percentage wise not very well but the three-point attempts are way way down so yeah it's not three point. i mean is popovich ever going to be a guy that really allows these guys to shoot from three um of course the guy that i do love 
is um man mother what is lonnie not lonnie walker lonnie walker devin, devin vassell De, devin vassell devin vassell's a guy of course he's shooting almost 40 percent from three so it's be interesting mm -hmm. to watch him and how much we loved him and we wanted him but right now i mean this is just another another game to get to 13 wins in a row for the suns and it should be i mean i know it's a back-to-back -back, but you got the rest you guys can mm -hmm. come out and do it again tomorrow night at a weird time at 6 30 and then go to cracker barrel after <laughs> Well, I, de I definitely think, you know, the way that the Suns performed tonight allowed them to start thinking about tomorrow night and rest a lot of those starters in the fourth quarter. Uh, at, you know, as you mentioned, they are 30th in the league in three-point makes and 29th in the league in three-point attempts. So they're just not a, t they're a team that doesn't like to shoot the three. Uh, Greg Popovich, man, he's just he's being stubborn, I guess, with that, or he just doesn't have the talent necessary to do that. Uh, from a scoring standpoint, they're led by DeJounte Murray, who averages 18.1 points. You got Keldon Johnson, who is a, an Olympian, along with Devin Booker, 15.4 uh, points. And then it's Devin Vassell at 12.5 points. It's uh, Jacob Petal, or however you say his name. I always forget how to say his name. 12.4. Uh, Derek White and Lonnie Walker both just you know just shy of 11 points a game. So they're a team that's definitely going to try to uh, spread it out. You know they don't have that superstar necessarily on their team. Um, you know uh, Ted Lubin says in the chat he goes is tomorrow's game the Thad Lo Thad Young audition game. <laughs> It'll do definitely we, be. Do we take them home with us? Yeah. Do we take them home with it? Do we leave sticks in San Antonio and then yeah. we go? Because who who do we play on Wednesday? The Cavs, uh, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so do we take uh, Leaf Sticks yeah. in, in <laughs> Leaf Sticks in San Antonio and take Thad Young with us to to Cleveland? I don't know, uh, but we shall see for sure. It might happen uh, sooner now that we don't have Frank. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? This is a valid point. Now, granted, Thad Young's like six foot six foot eight, so he's more yeah, of a I know. Well, you need you know, a power body. forward. But yeah, you do need the body. It'll just be interesting to see if they can. Uh, you know, or, or does that mean more Chandler Hutchison? You know, that's the other side of this equation. If Frank mm -hmm. Kaminsky's not playing, okay. you do have Chandler Hudson, Hutchison, who does have NBA experience, who is on a two-way contract. And, uh, you know, is he going to start to see some more minutes if we need him to? You know, because this is obviously going to put a little bit more tax on DA and JaVale McGee. So, I don't know. I don't know. Do we win the game, Matthew? Yes, the Suns get 13 in a row. There you go. I, I completely agree with you on that. So uh, there we are there. Thoughts. Um, brains? Just one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, our thoughts, the segment of the show where we talk about the NBA, uh, even though we already I already went on a, a micro LeBron rant. Uh, Luke Walton was fired today, man. Luke Walton is finally yeah, gone yeah. from the Sacramento Kings. I believe Alvin Gentry, former Phoenix Suns coach, who took the Phoenix Suns to the playoffs in 2010, will assume interim head coach duties. What do you think about this for the Sacramento Kings? Well, yesterday I, I saw a video of Luke Walton trying to oh, – actually, I didn't watch it because I was like, this might be too hard to watch, of him explaining why they lost the last game. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've, I didn't watch it because I thought it might have been an awkward – kind of like interview and you know re reply to an awkward question and then he was i don't know i just couldn't watch it so i'm like this is not looking good and then he was fired so i was right i was thinking i'm like this might not be good um but you know he's a i don't know man i mean i like what he did with uh the lakers a little bit with that team that he had that young team maybe i just like the team more and just thought that maybe he was a decent coach because of how well those te that team did kind of play together um but it's it's about time right i mean i'm always kind of surprised that he was 
still on the bench. But then Alvin Gentry getting the nod again, a guy that, you know, maybe should have stayed with New Orleans instead of they got Stan yeah. Van Gundy, which was <laughs> yeah. a stupid idea. Ugh. I love Gentry. So for Gentry to too. be a head coach right now, it, it's good. It's good for the league. It's good for everybody. And it's good for that Sacramento team. Yeah, you see a lot of the jamsters in the chat, you know, and they're excited for Gentry, obviously. Uh, he's left a great impression upon us Phoenix Suns fans. And the job that he did here and the character of the individual who he is, I think that he's a really solid influence. Um, you, you know, Crazy Luigi says the Kings have good underrated talents. They need coaching to get it all straightened out is all. You know, here's the other thing that's working against them. Because uh, I see some people are like, oh, yeah, I hope, you know, he gets them to the playoffs. You know, they're in our division. They're in the Pacific Division. This is the Pacific Division right now. Golden State Warriors, 14-2. and two. I think they're 15-2 and because I believe they won tonight. They were up last I saw. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are now 13-3. and three. Uh, The Clippers are 9-7. and seven. The Lakers are now 9-9. Nine and nine. And then you have the Kings. So it's like, it's going to be really hard for all five of the teams in the Pacific Division to make it to the playoffs. Like, there's going to be a bottom feeder or two uh, in this division. So... That that's a challenge, you know. That that's a challenge that Luke Walton's had to face. That's a challenge that the Sacramento Kings franchise has had to face for a long time. Uh, they've drafted right along next to the Suns for the better part of a decade, and they've had some hits and they've had a lot of misses, just like the Suns. But obviously, we had a lot more hits than misses, and that's why we're the second best team record-wise in the NBA currently. Uh, you know, uh, do I wish Alvin Gentry the best? Of course, but good luck in our division, man. Like I'm not even talking about the Western conference. I'm just talking about our division. It's a tough fucking division to play in, man, as we know, because yeah. we were the bottom feeders for years. I know with the play in though, they do have a better chance. So we'll see. I mean, Gentry could, they might just need that change of, you know, atmosphere and that I, they need something. I don't know what they, they need. Yeah, they need well, a Chris Paul firing. Yes. <laughs> firing Luke Walton was the first step. And I think it was a good one for that team. So, uh, on that note, I think we're going to wrap things up here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you stayed with us this long, you know what? We're giving you a thumbs up because it's an hour long show and, you know, it's it's tough sometimes. You know, you, you get distracted. Life happens and whatnot. But if you stayed with us this whole time, we appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube again, hit that thumbs up button down below. Subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening on the to the podcast, wherever you get the pod, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. If you want to put up something cool like Matthew has behind him uh, from Craig A. Hamill, the fellas picture. If you want to put up a picture or, or drawing that you have and you want it posted behind Matthew, hit us up on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can hit Matthew up on Twitter at Matthew Lucy. And we pay him. Pay that man his money. Did I do that? I don't think I did that. <laughs> did you do that? No, I, I was so. like, where are we going with that? I don't know. Uh, uh, might have been you. But, but we'll be coming to you. <laughs> we'll be coming to you tomorrow live right after the Suns play the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I'll have better Wi-Fi because once again I won't be at home. So, yeah. uh, oh, you, when you, where you at tomorrow? I fly out tomorrow, tomorrow back to Reno. When you come back? Uh, Wednesday night. So uh, you're oh in the coverage God. on Wednesday night because I literally start. I get on the I'm plane. Done. I'm done with <laughs> I get, I get on the plane right when our show would start because that's like a five o'clock game which is seven o'clock pacific time which whatever so i don't know what to say you and sun's geek are becoming really good friends i'm sorry yeah all right well everyone go home and love your family merry christmas <laughs>